Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. So good. Come on. Come on. Fantastic. Hey, let's just pray together right now. Let's believe, hey, for Jesus to speak into every single one of us tonight. His Word has power. And friend, maybe you're here for the very first time. Maybe you've just been invited tonight. You're not too sure what to expect. Friend, God's here. He wants to speak something into your life tonight. And maybe you've been in church a thousand times. Hey, God wants to speak something into your life tonight. Why don't we pray together if you're comfortable to lift our voices. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us through His Word. Father, we love You and we honour You. God, Your Word's alive and active. It has the power and capacity, God, to speak into every person in this room, God, every person who listens to the podcast. Father, I pray, speak to us, God. Let us hear You speak. God, I pray You would say so much more than the words that I shared tonight, God. I pray speak into my heart and every heart here. And Father, I pray bring change that pleases you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You grab your seats. And um, it's great to have the privilege to speak to you. It's awesome to be here. And I want to talk to you tonight on the topic of embracing change. Embracing change. When I think about my story and my journey in God, the reality is God's continued to stir me and provoke me to change. You know, absolutely as a new believer, God was doing a radical change. But actually as I continue to walk through the seasons of life, God's always asking me to change and to grow. He never leaves us as we are. And so I want to look at that and unpack that together. And um, there's a great scripture, it's in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and it really puts this perfectly when it says this. And we all with unveiled face, so that means being honest, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's saying this, that everybody who's put their faith in Jesus is on this process now of becoming more and more like Him. That for the rest of your life, day by day, God's going to be shaping and growing and changing you if you let Him. He wants to mould our lives that we would look more and more like Him. But actually, as we go on in our journey with God, people should be able to say, wow, you're more like Jesus now. You know? And so we should be on this journey of change and transformation. And as followers of Jesus, we're all included in that. It's not like this is for some people. You know, this is for every believer. God wants us to continue to change and to grow. You know, we're called to not be ruled by fear or ambition or brokenness, but instead to be growing in faith, love and peace. You know, we, we become more and more like Jesus. And we, as we do, we become more and more useful to Him and more and more useful to others and hopefully more and more useful to ourselves. Hey? As we let God change us, we become better people. You know, And this word that change in this translation, the word they use is transformed. Listen to what it means. It's a, trans, trans, it's a transitive verb to change somebody or something completely, especially improving their appearance or usefulness. So if you give your life to Jesus, you're going to get better looking, it says. <laughs> it's saying this, that actually as we allow, allow God to shape us and mold us, we're going to become better and better. 
We're going to come better and better at being of service and of being useful to humanity. We're going to enjoy our life more as we see the grace of God moving, right? And we're going to please God as we do that. We're on this continual journey of change. I remember when Leah and I uh, first moved to Perth. So Leah's from Perth originally, my wife, but we, we got married here and I was in, I'm from the UK. We were living in the UK and we uh, were, were pastoring in a, in a church there and, uh, and, and we were there and God was using us. And then we felt God stir us and call us to come to Perth. And, we, and over time we realized that God was calling us to Global Heart Church. You know, and so we talked to our leaders at our church in the UK and said, hey, we really sense this. And they prayed and they said, hey, we believe it's God too. Then I approached Pastor Jared and Sue and said to Pastor Jared and Sue, hey, we think God could be calling us. What do you think? And they said, yeah, sure, come. We think it could be God too. And so we kind of made, when we felt God asking us to change, we checked with our leaders, both sides. This is so important because sometimes when we hear a message like this, we can think change just means, hey, I'm just going to do what I feel like. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about obedience to God. I'm talking about changing because God's prompting us to change, not because we like the weather more or something else. You know what I'm saying? And so God began to stir us and prepare us, and, and we made this transition, and we moved to Perth, and it was super exciting. And then when I got here, I found that I needed to make a transition, a cultural transition. Right? I, was, I, was, I grew up in a city, I grew up in London and Kent in the UK, but when I got in recovery from drugs and I became, became a Christian, I lived in the country. And where we lived in this place was called Dorset, it's got like rolling hills, thatched cottages, little churches on the top of hilltops, you know, that kind of place, right? And I got used to that, you know, and then, I, and then I moved to Perth, you know, and I used to, and I would find myself thinking, it's kind of brown here, you know, but I knew God was saying to me, the green was good, but the brown's going to grow you, you know, you know, and then I, then, then I would, I find myself, I'm driving in Perth traffic, and I found that Perth people don't like to merge, and I felt God saying to me, the not merging well's going to grow you, hear what I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. If God could have made me who he was calling me to be, to leave me in the UK, he would have left me there. Because he uprooted me and called me to be here, he's wanting to do something in me now that can't happen to me there. So I need to embrace the cultural transition of where I am. And I would find myself thinking, oh, they do it like that in the UK and they do it like this and this system's different. Yeah, I was becoming a whinging pomp. That's what was happening to me. It's a spiritual condition. And one day I was driving down the freeway and the whinging was beginning. Internally, the whinging was beginning. And I saw a bumper sticker. And it was the shape of Australia. And inside it said, love it or leave. And the Holy Spirit hit me hard. And I was so convicted. I was like, I've got to change my attitude here. I've got to make a cultural shift to embrace where I am and stop comparing and looking back to what was. Friend, I want to encourage you, if you've moved here from anywhere else, you're going to need to make the same transition. If God could cause you to be who He wanted you to be in South Africa, He would have left you in South Africa. If God could cause you who He wants you to be in India, He would have left you in India, or in Africa, or in Europe, or in England. You know what I'm saying? And so, or even New Zealand, you know, wherever God's brought you from, the beautiful place, wherever God's brought you from, He's brought you for, for a reason. I want to encourage you, you need to get amongst the culture and the people here and absolutely the culture and the people of our church. You know, it's possible to live in Joondalup and only hang out with English people. It's possible. You know, when I first moved here, I was on the train and I saw a lady opposite me. She goes, oh, I just went to Joondalup. She goes, it's full of beeping pong, poms. That's what she said. I won't say the word in church, but she said, full of beeping poms. I goes, yeah, I know it is. And I was like, <laughs> opposite. 
And it's true. I could be in Juneau. I could hang around with English people all the time. But if English people were my future, God would have left me in England. Hear what I'm saying? He's brought me here to get amongst a whole wide demographic of people from all over the world. I love our church. It's made up of cultures and nations from all over the world. And God's brought all of us with our flavor and our, our experience and our background. But together we're to be something new. We're to be the kingdom of God, hey? And so I want to encourage you. Yeah, come on. We need to be willing to change and to grow. And you know what? This is also true if you come from another church culture. You can come from another church culture and think, oh, the praise and worship was different, the prayer was different, I did this different, the preaching was different. Friend, if God could have grown you there, He would have left you there. He brought you here because He's going to grow you here if you'll let Him. So we've got to be willing to change. Do you hear what I'm saying? Come on, we need to embrace change if we're going to be all that God's called us to be. It says this in Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It's saying this, God's trying to do something new, but it's possible that you won't perceive it. What does that mean? You won't see it. You won't see it. Because you won't grow with the change. The change will pass you by. You know, I don't want to be that kind of Christian. Hey? I don't want to be the Christian that passes by the change and opportunity that God's bringing to me. I want to be someone that says, I'm jumping on board with this. I'm going to be flexible enough and open enough to go with this. I'm not comfortable with it, right, but I'm going to go with it. And so I want to encourage you. God is prompting us, asking us, hey, will you change? And I think some people are kind of like, well, I'm better the devil you know. You know, than, you know that old saying, better the devil you know, better with what's familiar. Hey, what about no devil? I would like a no-devil future, you know. Let's, let's go better than that. Come on. Come on. God wants to use you here, and He brought you here for a purpose. God's bringing all the nations from around the world to this church, that we might be something great for God. You know, that we might be able to be a blessing. Play our part right here in Jude Love, and then into other nations that we have the huge privilege and opportunity to sow into, and Melbourne and other places. Wow, what a great thing, hey, we're caught up in. So we need to make a decision Hey, I'm really here. I'm not just here physically, I'm emotionally here. You know, you can be here physically, but emotionally you're somewhere else. You know, I want to encourage you, make a decision to let God change and embrace cultural change. As we embrace change, we need to change the right things. The right things. What I mean by that is God can be prompting us to change, but we can, we can change the wrong thing. Here's what I mean by that. You're in church. And someone offends you. And what God's trying to change is your heart. He's trying to get you to be more gracious, more forgiving, more accepting. But instead, you change church. So God's saying, would you change your heart? And you're saying, oh, I'll change. I'm changing church, you know. Or what about that boss? God blesses you with a very difficult boss. Because he wants to change your heart. He wants you to learn to grow in honor and service, but you change job. Come on. Am I speaking to someone? I know I'm preaching to me. Sometimes what we do, we can be quick to change, but we change the wrong thing. I see people do it all the time. People change job. People change church. People change relationship. That isn't the thing God was trying to change. God was trying to change them. God was trying to change me. God is trying to change you. There's this... I'm, I'm from a background of addiction, so I, I, got, I was a drug addict until 25, and then I got a relationship with Jesus, and God began to take me on a journey of freedom. And they have this saying in the kind of addiction recovery, which is don't do a geographical. 
what they mean by that is a lot of people in their desire to be free from drugs will change their location. So they'll move city or town or even country. The problem is when they arrive in the new town, city or country, it's still them that's there. And so they do all the same things that they did in the last city, town or country because they're still the same person. They haven't changed. They just changed their geography. God doesn't want you to change geography. He wants you to change your heart. He doesn't want me to change my geography. He wants to change my heart. Come on, do you believe it? So God wants to take us on this journey of change, but it's more an internal journey than an external journey usually. Resistance to change, it's such a limiter. It's such a limiter. Now, God's values and principles in the Bible, they're unchanging. And, and, but the outworking of God's principles are always changing, always changing. So how you apply the Word of God to one generation is different to how you apply it in another. You, 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 you deliver that differently, same value, but you've got to package it differently for a different generation to receive it. And that's why the church needs to keep changing. And this is why actually throughout our society, things need to keep changing and evolving. Not the values or the principles, but the delivery needs to keep evolving so we can be relevant to who we're dealing with. And Jesus knows that we have a propensity to want to go to tradition and hold to doing it the way we've always done it. And one of the ways we know that he knows that about humanity is that when Jesus did miracles, he did all of them differently. All of them differently. So he would go to one person, he would say, be healed in the name of Jesus. He would go to another person, he would lay hands on them. Another person, he would pick up some mud and spit on it, rub it in their eye, and they would be healed of blindness. Another person, he'd say, go wash in the river seven times, and then you'll be healed on the seventh time. He never followed the same pattern. Why? He knows we love patterns. He knows that we would stick to the pattern, and we would believe in the pattern instead of the God who gives the miracle. God wants us to trust in the God who brings miracles, not in a pattern or a process or a tradition or a religion. God wants us to be free from those things. And you know, it's easy to start radical and soon you become religious. Happened to church movements all around the world. Started super radical and stayed exactly as they were and now became very unradical, you know, because we need to make a decision. Hey, we've got to keep changing. We've got to keep letting God do things differently. We've got to trust in God and, and the process, not exactly how it happens. What worked to reach the last generation will not work to reach this generation. We've got to embrace change or we risk becoming irrelevant. And that's true of our own lives as Christians. If we don't keep changing and growing and let God change us and shape us, we'll become ineffective. God wants us to be effective in reaching people, touching lives, helping people, seeing people change and be transformed by God. It's only going to happen if we let God mold us and ply us and change us in who He wants us to be. I love it. On Sunday, we've got Vision Sunday. Now, every year, Pastor Jared delivers to us what God's laid on him and Pastor, him and Pastor Sue's heart for our church next season. And it's always new and it's always different. There's something always happening. And we need to get on the back of that, right? Because God's in that. He's in the new thing that he's birthing. He's never leaving us the same. He's always changing us. And so we need to be a part of that. On Sunday, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to be a part of that. You know that the, the, the principle of embracing change it's, it's, you can see it in the world. You see it in business. Businesses that are successful are companies that can innovate. They can adjust quickly to changing circumstances. If they become rigid, they stay the same, they usually die out. Over a while, they go broke, they stop functioning, they stop being successful. This is a biblical principle. We need to keep evolving and changing. Your life should be the same. In your personal, in our personal lives, we should see change over time. 
In our work life, we should see change. In the service we do in church, we should see change. Now, that doesn't always mean changing your role, but it does mean doing it differently to how you used to do it. Trying to be more and more effective, being open to God to doing things in a new way, changing it, what's going to work for this person won't work for this person. We need to keep on allowing God to change us and evolve us and let us be innovative. If you an, ex, an example of how not to do that is, have you ever seen the interview with the aging rocker from like the 80s? And he has, still has the long hair, but now he's like 65. And he still has the really tight pants, but he used to wear them when he was 18, now he's 65. You know, he still has the kind of, same kind of shirt and he has exactly the same look because the 80s were good. And he's kind of hanging on to his heyday, but you kind of think, oh, how cool would it be if you could transition? How cool would it be if you could actually change and become relevant to a whole nother generation? But actually, we sometimes get stuck in our resistance to change, and it limits us, and it holds us back. God doesn't want us to resist change. He wants us to embrace change. You know, as new believers, God's asking us to change for sure. For sure. If you're new to faith, then God, you're on a journey where God is asking you to change. He's taking on this journey, and you're noticing it. And people are saying to you, you're, you're different. You seem different. You seem happier. There's there's more peace about you. There's something's changed with you, you know, because God is is asking everyone who's new to faith absolutely to change. I I I, you know, God may be asking you, hey, Friday night was the night when you would go clubbing. Now Friday night's church. (laughs) That's pretty radical change, you know. Or or maybe you know you used to enjoy Sunday lines. Now you're at the 7:45 prayer meeting Sunday. You know, things are changing for you, you know, things are changing. You know, God wants us to change. I remember when I was a new believer, I remember one of the things that I saw God was changing, He was changing my friendships. He was changing my friendships. I was beginning to build my closest friendships with other believers. Now, all my friends who didn't know Christ, absolutely, I wanted them to know Christ. I was trying to witness them and reach out to them. But I noticed over time that those who didn't come on the journey, I began to get more and more different to them. Our lives began to just go down separate paths. Remember there was a, a guy and a girl who I was good friends with and I'd been a Christian now a couple of years and I was feeling quite kind of solid in my, in my faith and in my, in my recovery journey. And I shared a house with another guy and I said, I just feel I have to invite them to come down for the weekend and we'll take them to church and I just think it would be awesome if they could get saved. So he said, sure, let's invite them. So we invited them. So my two old friends came down. I hadn't seen them for two years. As soon as I got around them, it just felt strange. It felt strange because I wasn't the same person now. You know, and, and they were really weirded out that I wouldn't let them smoke weed in my house, you know. And then they were really weirded out that you don't even drink alcohol either. I was like, no, I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't do drugs, you know. I, I did tell you this before you came, <laughs> you know. And then it got to the end of the day, and then when we were going to go to sleep, and like I said, I shared a house with another person, so me and my friend, we were going to be in the lounge, and we are giving the bedrooms to my friends. And the girl said to me, hey, do you want to come to bed with me? And I said, no, thank you, because I changed. Because I changed. And she was thinking, this is strange, but I changed. I wasn't the same person anymore. I wasn't the same person. I want to encourage you, if you've come to faith in Jesus, you're not the same person anymore. You're changing, you're transforming, you're not who you used to be. And you're going to find that people that you used to be close with, now it's, it's not the same now. It's, it's not the same now because you're on different paths. You're on different paths. Now we need to reach all people do all we can to reach people, but also we've got to understand, actually sometimes we've got to accept and let people go and understand our path's different to yours now. Now I had to build around me new people that were going to be part of my destiny, and I had to be more loyal to my future than to my past, you know. 
had to make a decision to allow God. And that was uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Like you, you feel like, oh, and it feels, feels awkward. You know, I remember I, I met some other friends once. I met them at a pub, and I went there for like half an hour, and I met them. I just thought, I don't have anything in common with these people. It's like, it's like we used to be so close. We know each other through school, and now we just have nothing in common. It's like it felt awkward and weird to be there, you know, and that's okay. So we need to understand that God wants to change us and grow us. We know that often in the point of change comes opposition. The point of change comes opposition. Luke 22, 31 to 34, it says this, Simon, Simon, behold, this is Jesus speaking, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. That really means test you or put you on trial. But I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said to him, hey, don't be so quick. I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you've denied me three times. Here's what's happening. Jesus is saying, hey, we want a transition time now. Jesus is just about to die on the cross, ascend to heaven, and he's going to leave the believers. And they're now going to carry the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Now, the Holy Spirit's going to fill them, but Jesus is not going to be with them anymore in the way that he was. So this, this, this monumental time of change is coming. Peter thinks, I'm good, I'm up for it, I'm in. And Jesus is like, you're not really. You think you are, but you're not. But I love it, he says, I've prayed for you. And he, so he tells Peter, hey, you're going to deny me. And what happens is that Peter does exactly that. Three times. So he says, man, I'll never leave you. I'll go to prison with you. I'll die for you. When push comes to shove and they arrest Jesus and they're trying to round up his followers, Peter says that three different points, I never knew the guy. Never met Jesus. <laughs> he just said a minute ago, I will die for you. I'll go to jail for you, bro. Next minute he's like, never met the guy, mate. Don't even know him. Hello. Hello. And yet Jesus still says to him, right, I've prayed for you and I'm going to use you. It's, it's, it's incredible. But so often, so often, at the point of change, challenge will come. At the end of this service, we're going to encourage people to raise their hands, make a decision to pray for Jesus to come into your life. There's an opportunity we do it every service. And I'm telling you now, as that opportunity comes, another voice is going to come that will say to you, oh, I might look silly if I raise my hand. Uh, I don't know what my friend's going to think who I came with. Uh, prob- maybe I could do it next week. Uh, I didn't understand everything. Uh, I'm just going to leave it. All kind of doubt's going to come. At the minute when God says to you, hey, come on, come, come, come into a relationship with me. I want to take you on an exciting journey. Hey, the creator of the universe being in your life, guiding your life. I mean, who wouldn't want that? And at the point of that opportunity, doubt's going to start coming into your mind because the enemy wants to work against all that God wants to do in you. So you need to realize that the point of change so often comes a test or a trial or some kind of opposition. That's okay because grace, God's graced us to push through, right? God's graced us to overcome. So what happens with Peter is that he denies Christ three times and then what he does is he returns, he gives up the whole concept of ministry and doing anything great for God And he goes back to being a fisherman. He goes back to the very place where God first called him to follow him, where Jesus first called him to follow him. So he goes back to fishing, him and five other disciples. So they go fishing. They go right back to where they started from. They go back to the boat. And I want to encourage you, we all have a boat. We all have a boat. It's a place where we can retreat to in times of stress or struggle. It's the the comfortable thing. It's not the God thing. 
it's the comfortable, familiar thing. It's not the God thing. You know, and so they go back to the boat. They go back to what's familiar. You know, your boat, it could be the job that is the reliable income, but God's calling you to something new. And you know it, but the kind of the security of the income and the reliability of it just kind of keeps you there. You're not, your boat could be always hanging with the same group of friends when God's calling you, hey, broaden your circle. Hey, reach out to more people. I want to enrich your life and you enrich others as you step out. Your boat might be a habit or an addiction that you return to in times of stress when God is asking you, hey, find new healthy ways now to relax. But your boat is the thing that's familiar, but it's the compromise. It's the thing that is less than what God wants. It may not be terrible. It may not be all bad on its own, but it's not the will of God. And that's where they go. They go back to the boat. And they go back feeling, what are they feeling? Shame, guilt, and like a failure. Peter's just said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go to jail with you. I'll die for you. And then he's denied him three times. So Peter's fully aware of his failures, you know, and he's fully aware of his humanity, right? And that he's not, he's, he's full of shame. And he goes back, and I love it that it says that as they're fishing, Jesus comes to them and he says to them, hey, cast the net on the other side. And they get this miraculous catch. And they go back to shore and they sit down and they start to eat. And here's what it says in John 21, 15 to 17. When they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Who's God's sheep? It's people. It's people. Jesus is saying to Peter, hey, go love and serve people. You're called to love and serve people. Hey, go care for people, you know. And then what happens is that Peter, from that place, goes on to fulfill everything that he was called to do. And I love this because here's what it's saying, that even if you miss the opportunity, right, to take the chance, even if you miss the opportunity for change and it passes you by, hey, God's still going to come after you and say, come on, get back on. Even if you make mess up in the worst possible ways, right? Like you can't get much worse than denying Jesus even exists, right? You know, and he calls Peter and says, hey, upon your faith, I'm going to build the church. <laughs> and Peter is a, a pinnacle in, in the expansion of Christianity to the globe that we're now a part of, right? And who does he take? Someone who's messed up, failed, not enough, missed it. So I want to encourage you, it's never too late with God. Never too late to say, hey, I'm up for change. Hey, God, I'm willing to change. Hey, God, I'm willing now to be obedient. It'd be great if the band could come. Hey, God, I've missed some opportunities and I've missed some chances. But God, I thank you that you're God of the second chance, the third chance, 
the fourth chance, the fifth chance, the sixth chance. Come on, the seventh chance. Hey, he's the God that will keep on giving you and I chances. Keep on saying, hey, do you want to change? Come on, let's go. Do you want to change? Come on, let's go. I want to encourage you. We need to be people that make a decision. Hey, God, I want to be obedient to you. Hey, God, I want to change. Lord, shape my life and shape my heart. God, I know most of what you want to do in me, God, is on the inside. But Father, I pray you do it that I might be of service to you and service to people and that I might actually enjoy life more as I live it in line with your will, not mine. Do you believe it? Come on, why don't you stand? Let's give him a big hand. We're going to sing to God. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.